What's up, everybody? Welcome back to an Identical Draw podcast. Um, this here podcast is presented by Vortex Optics, and today I'm going to be talking about the Horizon Seeker hoodie from Vortex Wear Apparel. It is my latest and favorite product from Vortex that I've been wearing. Actually did some timber stand improvement in it, but it's it's nice enough to be able to wear out, out to dinner. Um, is this the one with the patch? It's the patch, That's yeah. That's the one I was just wearing. Yep, it's got really comfortable fabric, and then it's got this little patch of... Uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it, but go to vortexoptics.com, head over to their apparel. What a loser. Um, and do the Horizon Seeker hoodie, buy that, and use our code ID20 for 20% off. Go. Okay, well, this morning kind of sucked. We, so last week, last week, let's see what day was it, February 16th, we were planning on going to Shed Hunt down we're in Kansas. Mo- we were all motivated, like, man, let's, let's go down and scoop them up. <laughs> yep. Didn't work out. I woke up in the middle of the night, sicker than a dog. We got to cancel. Today, we woke up, we're going shed hunting. Get halfway down to the Kansas ground, and the roads just go from, like, being totally fine to being not good. Um, and, I mean, it was going to be a crappy day to shed hunt anyways. It was, like, I mean, it was going to be, like, zero degrees mm-hmm. with, like, 25 mile an hour crosswinds. But we didn't really care because we're itching to get out and we're like, whatever. When we're walking in the timber, we'll be, we weren't worried about staying warm. Um, But we turned around because, I mean, all of a sudden the roads got slick. We had, we slipped once pretty good. And then, I mean, there are a few cars in the ditch and we were like, man, we just, we sucks because we put so much effort into, into going on these trips, especially with kids and stuff. You got to, have getting up early way. and getting them to places and yeah so yeah we, we were only in an hour into our trip and we were like man we need to turn around before we get further down the road and whatnot so yeah so that sucks so we, we've had two shed trips that we i mean we we haven't even shed hunted and february's wrapping up um so i mean we're just it kind of sucks. We're just antsy to get out there. But I think we're going to get out there in a few days once it, uh, it'll warm up a little bit and the roads will clear and whatnot like that. I mean, hey, shed hunting is important, but it's not as it's not worth risking sliding off the road or running into a semi along 75. So, um, all right. But anyways, we wanted to go through our 2021 year and talk about some successes, some failures, some some things we want to improve on and make different for this next season. Whether it's different hunts we want to do or strategy or any of those things. So I'm um, not sure if you need time to ponder it. Um, I'm talking full season, western game, white tail. Let's let's both knock out maybe a, a handful of what do you want to do failures or successes first. Um, I think we should just go um, going. I mean, basically from January last year to December, right? 
or do you want to just do the fall? What? You want to just do the fall? Success and failure. Fall hunt. Mm. I mean, we could talk about other things outside of that, but I'm, th- I'm thinking more on the hunting side of things. Okay. Failure. Nebraska opener. Yeah. I mean, what what was the failure about that? Just, mm-hmm. just the whole thing. I, I don't really look at that as a failure because years no, before that, we hunted during that week and we, we found it wasn't deer. a failure. We just, just hard hunting. Yep. Um, I think, I think it was a good thing because I think it's going to change the way we lay out our hunts for the years to come. Yeah. Um, he, if anybody doesn't know, we, I mean, we hunted a full week and I mean, we didn't knock an arrow. I mean, we hunted five days, four days, five days and didn't knock an arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Dudes everywhere kind of deal. Um, <clears throat> I would say, I don't know. And then you got you got Colorado in there, which was just a tough hunt. I mean, you can't look like it's not like you missed it when we missed one or we made a bad hunting call. It's like we just the animals weren't there. Like we decided to do what I think is a is a a good approach. We just tree stand hunted over a wallow, and I mean, I, as far as success goes, I think we, I mean. We toughed out the grind we of that in, hunt. Yeah, we put in the time. Put in the time. Um, I mean, going up and down that mountain every single morning and afternoon, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely a, a tough mental thing to do and then sit in that tree stand for hours with nothing around. Um, so I wouldn't really say that as success or failure. I mean, we didn't fill tags those first two hunts. Um, I would say my first, um, my first kind of failure, not not really a failure, but just like improvement I need to work on was at our friend's place out in uh, western Nebraska that we got permission to deer hunt. I had a shot at a buck that I shouldn't have taken, basically. Um, I still look at back at that and being like, mm, that just wasn't a, wasn't a mature shot attempt, basically. Um I should have just let that deer walk. Um, I I think I was antsy for, hey, we haven't even, I mean, that was the first it's stock September, of the it's year. It's September 20th, and we haven't even seen a buck. Yeah, so that was going through my mind. Um, and then I was I was on those deer at like 90 yards for like an hour, and then I snuck into like, I think I, I think my final shot was like, like low 60, 63 or 64, um, which I was, I mean, my my shooting was the most dialed it's ever been this last year. Um, I mean, I was smoking paper at eighty, um, and so I was like, "Oh, like my 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 max usually." I mean, that's that's the word that usually word like. I want to be for whitetails for sure. I want to be like fifty yards and under for sure. Like I mean, I'm a I'm even more comfortable. Like I'd really like to be like forty five. Um, <clears throat> but for muleys, um, I do feel like. I, I would stretch it out to 55, 60 just because of, um, I know how that goes. Like antelope, I'd shoot out to 60, no problem, muleys, but just because of the nature of the hunt. Um, but I took, I took a shot at that buck, like 64 yards and I hit him. It was a bad shot. Never found him. I saw, we saw him like he was fine. But like, I know I, I know I hit that deer. The, the arrow had like a mixture of like a little blood and a little guts on it and stuff. So I, I knew it wasn't a fatal shot. Um, but it's just still in the back of my mind. I was like, why did I take that? Um, I, that's just not a mature shot. That's a shot. That's a, that's a no shot. <clears throat> I need to be more strict on that, on that, uh, that limit. Um, whether my, my, I mean, 
even though my, my my confidence is through the roof, and I mean, who knows if I double lung that thing? I just need to be like, hey, I need I need another five or ten yards. I need to not shoot. It needs to be a hard no outside of that. Um, and so that was a little bit of a failure because that's been something I've been working on. Um, just having that. Um, yeah, I, I think the the first hunt jitters and just like not really jitters, just excitement. Um, the lack of opportunity before that point kind of made it made that uh, a rush situation. And I felt super good on the shot, but hey, a 64-yard shot at a wild animal is you know, a tough yeah. task. So. Many, many people in the industry don't talk about the bad shots, but I think it's one thing that we do well um, because it's hiding it's dumb. Yeah. And even though so many people feel a need to hide it, um, but, I mean, I'll piggyback off of you and say that my failure was my that shot of the mule deer. That was the same situation, 60 yards, and you look back on that as a bad shot or just like a no shot? Honestly, I want to say I wouldn't do it again, but I probably would. And I think what it comes down to is I, I, I think it just comes down to being a little bit more confident in my shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I felt really confident going into the season. And, and then it becomes uh, mid-October and maybe you haven't shot your bow for a month. Um because you've been holding it on your backpack, but you haven't had the opportunity. So mm-hmm. um, your brain's not really like, oh, I, I haven't been shooting. It's like, oh, like I've been trying to shoot, um, but you really haven't been. So I don't know. I um, I really thought that was going to be a dead deer, and, but it wasn't. I hit him right in the right in, right in the ass, and he went. I mean, at least how far did we track him? Over a mile. Mm-hmm. Good blood the whole way. That was a long morning. Yeah. I just kept waiting to find that deer piled up, but I mean, yeah. I think you're, I think you're an inch off of yeah, really inch deer. Anyway, I don't know, but um, that that was definitely unfortunate. That was an unfortunate thing. So you, so you look back on that of just like maybe not being prepped enough. Maybe that was the mistake. Like you, you take that shot again. It's just like you need better confidence. You need to be better shooter. Yeah, yeah, maybe like it, when I shoot. I don't want to like ever have like the hail mary mentality, like like it's a big target. Like I got to hit him somewhere. Yeah. Thing. It's like if I release this arrow, like I want it to be in Perfect. this five inch circle at sixty yards, and yeah, um, it's just difficult on a wild animal. So mm-hmm. I want to be more confident. Yeah. Okay. Um. I, I what I would say is the success. Of that South Dakota hunt, we had short time, and we got we got into deer pretty good. Um, I would say for like only having we basically had two days like full kind of um, to really dig into that those those hills and stuff. And I mean, I feel like we patterned them well, and we like kind of almost like knew where they were hanging out with after just that short scout um, and dividing and conquering. Um, which is always tough with the camera stuff, but I feel like we did that really well in South Dakota and found them fast. It was just a lack of time. I think a few more days we would have had a dead deer Definitely. for sure. And I think that was part of the issue with that shot. I think we were kind of back against the wall. That was our last morning. We were like, we need to get on the road. But I think if we had another day after that, I don't think that's a shot. Mm-hmm. I think you're probably not shooting that deer. Yeah. I mean, I would say we kind of, I think we touched this on the last, um, well, one of the last episodes, but um, just how well we hunted the 80 
we really didn't put in that many days and we killed three bucks. So I'm mm-hmm. um, thinking about November. Uh, we had hunted like less than 10 days easily when we killed your buck. We knew it was going to happen that morning. Like just the confidence we had there. And then I can back for me and Tommy's buck. Um, yeah. They're just smart, smart moves. Yeah. I look back on that and <clears throat> like we did the, the walk through the property in late November, late October. In, in November. Oh, oh, that one too. Yeah, where we we just walked the gut and we rattled and um, yeah, like those those things, like moving the cameras late October and then doing that walk in November. I mean, those are things that we had we would. I mean, we wouldn't have ever thought about doing the years before. So I feel like it's just being um, not being static in our hunting approach on the eighty because I feel like it. it I mean. The so 80 is not yeah. guaranteed. So People talk yeah. about like, oh, you've got manicured property. It's managed. You're just, you're just waiting to shoot your 150, 160 deer every year. That is not the case. Like if you would just hunt like three sands on the 80, you ain't tagging a deer most of the time unless you get a good cold snap. I mean, the only, the only chance it ever becomes slightly predictable is late season with food. Mm-hmm. And this year it wasn't because it was warm as heck. Like other than that, you got to be constantly on your feet it's 80 acres like small track and so you need to be hunting it perfectly you need to be accessing it perfectly um it's not like we're not we don't have a thousand acres that we can just go and get up into our block box mine and freaking just know what's going to happen it's just like man i mean these deer are using it differently every single time and like the movements you make on this little piece just have big impacts and so I don't know. It's like piggybacking off that. It's like a huge, great thing we did this year was just hunting what we like putting away, like any ideas we thought we had about how you're supposed to whitetail hunt. I think so many, like even like well-known hunters get into this mindset. Like this is how it has to happen. Mm -hmm. I have to have my tethered platform stand in this tree and I'm going to shoot him with this bow on this day, November mm-hmm. 8th. It's going to happen. It's like having your mind open to like what the deer are actually doing. Like it doesn't make any sense. Half like how some people hunt. Right. Like I, I just watch films or watch different content on YouTube, like with people like having unsuccessful fall falls when like they're in a spot that they should be killing, killing the buck by October, mid October, but they're not. Um, I think, so many private land hunters need to learn a, a few things from public land hunters that mm-hmm. you just got to, where's the fresh sign at? It's not under this stand. So don't hunt this stand. Mm-hmm. This stand looks really good. It's a perfect tree, but where is the deer dropping. sign? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I think there are a lot of hunters that just kind of get in that mindset. Like I'm going to hunt the stand. We've mm-hmm. been there. Yeah. We've and done that. I think the 2022 like giant success was a ground hunting. 21. Yeah. Yeah. 2021. I mean, that obviously was, I mean, the biggest success we had killing two bucks within 10, like two weeks of each other in late season, freaking December in the timber on the ground. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if any other hunter in the freaking Midwest killed two bucks in December in a big timber track yeah, <laughs> within 10 days of each other. I won't, I'm just I, like, I won't say names, but there are like so many like well-known outdoor people posting articles like, like this, like this, your season's over. Yeah, like even that like guys that own private land. And I was like, like, don't late waste your time late season unless you have food. And yeah. it's like, well, no, 
that's actually not the case. Like, like we didn't hunt our food in late December. Yeah. Like it's a great resource to have, but like, again, it's like, where are the deer? Where are the deer? We're, we're keeping tabs on where the, the actual sign is still. Um, and it's not peak sign making time and, but where are the hot trails? Where, where are they wanting to be? And like, they, they weren't wanting to be in the corn cause it was warm as heck. Um, and so we went to those just high travel areas, almost like we're hunting the rut, like expecting them to come through, through these areas and check these spots off and boom. We, we, uh, what was the last time we were at the 80 February or something? Um, and we, uh, went back to our, our Southeast oh, yeah. and looked around and there were two brand new fresh rubs, rubs. Fresh rubs. <laughs> like yeah. in the last two weeks that some buck was just back yeah. there. Just, yeah. And I guarantee other private landowners say, say, say that was deer season. Say that was December 20th. They'd see that fresh sign and be like, well, I'm gonna hunt in the cornfield tonight. <laughs> like why? Like, yeah. obviously this area's getting hit, like figure out where they're coming and going to They're probably, maybe they're going to the cornfield, but they might not get there until it's dark. Like figure out a way they hunt them in the morning. December morning hunts is like not a thing. Yep. People back off again. And which, I mean, I see why, like I, I've, we've had like, we've hunted other areas where like, that's the case, but, um, man, that was, that was the ticket hunting on the ground. If you're like, if you're, uh, wanting to do something different, man, just take your expectations away, find a good track somewhere that you can walk I posted around. a good YouTube short. You should go watch that. It's like 45 yep. seconds, how we had success. Yep. Um, and I'm not, like maybe down, you could go through some of that. Yeah. I'm not like down talking like guys. I think the, the season's over if they only have timber, like that was us. Like, Oh yeah. And Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. Like we wouldn't hunt because, Oh, we don't have the big cornfield. We should have been like, there's still a good sign. We could have had but every year. We would always check trail cameras in December and you'd always get like one or two daylight picks in December of bucks move using that timber piece in Nebraska still. Mm-hmm. Like if you can figure that out, it can still be gold. Yeah. So in that YouTube short, I think I talk about, um, not in this order really, but having obviously a good wind direction that, that goes without saying, and then having a high wind to be able to get in there undetected at least if it's blowing 12 or 15 out in an open field, like it's not going to feel very high in the timber. So I almost recommend 15 and up to hunt those timber mornings. Um, having a, having a good lane when the opportunity does come. Cause when you're on the ground, you like, you don't really like if after tree stand hunting all fall, you're like, Oh, like that's the last thing on your mind. But mm-hmm. having in that open lane is definitely something that you gotta, you gotta have a spot in mind and then finding, finding really good trails earlier in the season. Um, that deer have used in October or November. Um, it, it, it might seem like, Oh, like intrusive to find those trails, but, um, definitely be on a hot trail. Mm-hmm. And we, we were on a hot trail, but the, a lot of the deer we saw were like just off on the little, little side trails, not mm-hmm. even on the main, yep. the main gut. Of course, Tommy shot his buck on that trail, but, yep. um, trying to think if I had any other tips in there. Um, it's also really advantageous for like, I mean, a good close archery shot as well. I've realized like if you find that right trail, I mean, you can make it point blank, um, mm-hmm. which is, which is awesome. Um, I would say one thing that can be overthought with that ground hunting setup is like being loud and whatever. But if you get those high winds, like you can make more noise than you think. And like, don't get, don't be a head case about that. Like for me, and I think you too, just like making all that noise and like, especially going there in the dark, you'll get deer blown at you every once in a while and stuff. It's like, oh man, but 
get that out of your head and just like we had a dope chill at us out. the morning I killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the morning, Tommy killed. We had deer blowing at us back there, and I'm like, nope, I don't care. Like just just zone it out. Mm-hmm. Don't be like over the top, but just like zone it out. Get to where you want to be, um, and then settle in and let your camera do the work. Um, yeah, obviously December was a huge success, but um, do you want to dive into some other topics we had at Western Hunt? Yeah, I was just thinking overall season if there were, I, I would say, I mean, obviously taking Sam and Jake out was a big success. Getting uh, Jake his first deer. Um, I don't know if there were anything, any other things. that Slight slight failure not getting Gavin his, his mule deer doe. Yep. That was kind of unfortunate, but we put in a couple of good days yep. in Colorado with Mule Deer Foundation. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's, I mean, success and failure. Um, I think we're going to be adding in a few more hunts. I think we want to do more of that. I think we're probably going to add in a few more public land hunts, just just continuing the knowledge um, and uh, going from there. But, yeah, so we uh, we want to touch on Western Hunt quick. Yeah, sure. We, we uh, took... Um, some time and went to the uh, Western Hunt um, Conservation Expo. That's in Utah, Salt Lake City. And uh, the wives were both supposed to join, but um, uh, Michaela, Nate's wife, ended up having to stay back with uh, their daughter because she got sick like 12 hours before we were supposed to leave. So just yeah. just my wife came, and it, it, was, a, it was a really fun trip. Um, she was actually able to see a little bit of what we do like at these trade shows. This was our only... Um, trade show that we went to this year. We were supposed to go to ATA, but that was a COVID case that we couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was a blast. I mean, you have, of course, the expo during the day. You're able to talk to partners. If if you're like a industry guy trying to want to get into it and you go to ATA and you can't catch a freaking break and don't know who to talk to and, and all that stuff, I, I definitely recommend going to a smaller expo. And it's not that Western Hunt is that much smaller it is it is smaller it's not the size of ata or shot or nwtf but um mm, i think it's bigger than nwtf mm, i'm pretty sure it's not but um maybe it is i don't know but go well, i recommend going to western hunt because um after i remember like our first year going to western hunt we had been to ata and shot and had to like work hard for like a couple good conversations during those days because you're literally like waiting for somebody to free up for five seconds and you're going, Hey, yo, wait, yeah. can we talk? And then you're giving your pitch all like nervously. Um, but go to Western hunt. You can get some, um, like Thursday, like you can basically have a booth to yourself. Um, so it's, it's really fun. We were able to talk to partners and some new, some old, uh, it was really good. And then of course you have your big banquets, and I, I want to say that they raised probably the most money they ever have. I mean, it was it was a high dollar banquet for sure. Yeah. Um, that that Saturday night Antelope or, or uh, New Mexico Arizona. Arizona Strip went for four hundred thousand um, dollars, which I mean, is just man, hunters are the best conservationists, and uh, that kind of money is just yeah. If you're if you are if you're buying a tag for four hundred thousand dollars, I mean, that's got to be pocket change for you. Uh, that's a lot of yeah, that's a lot of dough for that deer tag. I mean, that's just the tag. Like I never, like they're not covering your travel. They're not covering your stay anywhere. No like, outfitter. No outfitter. Um, I just that that's insane. Constru- like just the conservation money behind that and the contribution. I mean, yeah, man. And the uh, 
the Nebraska elk tag went for higher than that sheep show. It went eight eighty five or eighty five hundred eighty five thousand. Eighty two five or eighty yeah. five. Yeah. So another high high tag for Nebraska. I mean, yeah, people don't realize that. I mean I mean there are, there's a handful of tags that are going for a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand. You got a four hundred thousand dollar tag. I mean, these are I mean, you could buy you could buy a nice house for four hundred K. Like the amount of money that gets put into these these tags and this conservation, like I don't think people realize how much hunters give to that. And I mean, it's mm-hmm. I mean MDF. I mean, and and uh, the other one. What's the other? Uh, Sportsmen's for Fish and Wildlife. Oh yeah, that uh, I mean they 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 raise what eight or nine million in that. They did eight point one. Like was it two years ago? The last time yeah. they had the banquet. Yeah. So I mean, it's just it's an insane amount of money that they're raising to just like protect the. I mean, mule deer and blacktail and just do conservation projects, removing fencing, more money for research of like corridors and things like that, um, which is just huge for the future of the, the species and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, that was a good time. Um, so <clears throat> I was going to get back and do a little recap of uh, my turkey permission. Um, again, I sent out 70 letters to landowners in Nebraska. And I was going to give a few maybe tips and tricks here um, before turkey season gets caught up. I'm not going to give you my, my secret sauce, um, but cash. Yeah. Um, but it's like, uh, yeah, I'd give you, I'll give you a few things. Um, not cash. I'm only I'm just kidding. Nate's not giving cash. I'm not giving cash. I'm only, I've only, I'm only up to two yeses, which is, hasn't changed in a while. I have a third that's on the maybe category, but the thing I'm running into here, which is not a surprise is I'm getting these nice older ladies to call me and they're like, Hey, I think it'd be okay, but I'm going to run it past my grandson or whatever. I'm like, well, damn, <laughs> like, this is going nowhere. And then I'll, they'll give you a call. N- no, no, I'm not getting calls back. Um, which isn't a surprise cause I'm sure other people have want to be doing hunting and stuff. Um, so it gets me excited, and then I'm like, ah, eh, probably not gonna happen. So, yeah, I'm 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 probably on the, probably had about twelve no's and about two yeses, which I mean, I mean there's still a lot of letters out there. Only twelve no's. Yeah. Hmm. Like I'm surprised more people haven't let me know. Yeah. I mean they've been they've been there for at least a few weeks. So, I don't know. Um, I thought. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm thrilled with even two yeses, but I thought with I mean sending seventy out. I mean, I thought at least five, I'd, I'd probably mm-hmm. get a good yes. But um, the thing that I've realized with the properties that I have gotten permission, they're both about 500 acres, which I've got about And we have no idea if there's turkeys on them. No idea if there's turkeys on it. Because, um, I mean, I wrote people that... It's I, not like I, you scouted all these properties. No, no. And, I mean, I wrote, I wrote, obviously I wrote people that I've seen, like, turkeys on their ground, like, just driving around, whether we're going to Kansas or northeast Nebraska to hunt or out west. Um so I mean, half of them, maybe a, maybe a third of them, I like I wrote knowing there's turkeys in the area, and then the other ones, I had Onyx up and I'm just scouting. And basically, two cents I'd give you with the ones I have had yeses and maybes on, are I'm not asking like the souped up big timber tracks, um, high acreage, not doing that because you know that that place is being hunted. You just know, like it's either leased or it's being hunted. So. The places I found success are next to those tracks, whether it's like just ag with like a little, like a little timber, like creek going through it. Like doesn't look good. Just like the property just looks like it doesn't hold anything. But hey, when you've got 
giant property next door with a bunch of timber, you know there's birds on that. Mm-hmm. Let's call them over into that ag. Um, and oftentimes when, I mean, turkeys want to get out of that, the timber, they'll just pop out into one of those fields. And so those field, basically one of my tips for e-scouting is like, first of all, big, tra- big tracks of timber in Nebraska, most likely going to hold birds. If you get a river by that's even better. Um, but then it's just like, don't be asking and asking what looks super amazing. You want to, you want to hunt close to the excellent properties, but you want to be asking the good properties, the good to okay. Like those are, that's the range of homeowners that you want to be or landowners can, that you want to be yeah. reaching out to. If, um, you can, if you can get anything on a river, obviously. Yeah. Um, at least for Nebraska. Yep. Um, so yeah. Um, in the next probably, I don't know, maybe next week, mm, probably maybe into March, I'm going to do a little driving around to these properties that I got yeses on and, uh, do some scouting and see if there are birds. Um, but yeah, I would say don't be going after the primo primos. Um, go go a couple of grades lower near the primos. Um, and I bet I bet you'll have a little more success. Um, the other thing I would say just, I mean, I wrote a letter, obviously, it was a one-page letter. Um, just a couple things. Like, everybody's been really thrilled about my letter. Um, really like, wow, it's a really kind, really nice gesture. Hope you, man, we'll really hope you have success finding property. Um, I would just say be kind, be personal, um, keep it short and to the point. Um, and uh, don't use slang, yeah, that's about it. Um, and I did add, I did, I, I, it was a typed out letter, but I did have a handwritten part of it, um, to make it a little more. So, yeah, those, those are my things on the turkey permission. I'll keep you posted. If you follow us on IG, I, I give the turkey permission update every once in a while on the story. So stay tuned there. I'm hoping to sneak out maybe one or two more yeses, but I don't know. It's not looking too great um, as far as that goes. So um, that's that's the tur- turkey permission update. Um, we're at 30 minutes. Do you want to go and do some shed advice? Um, maybe polish us off with some shed hunting advice because, hey, I don't know about you guys, but I'm antsy as heck having this second trip canceled um i'm i mean i mean see as crap to get out there so um what would you say tom a couple really good takeaways places that you expect to find sheds and i'm talking a new property you're just walking on you you e-scouted it whatever it's got a little bit of a little bit of everything everything good diverse white till property where you find in the sheds the 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 main spots that I'm, I would be like pretty antsy. Like when I start walking, like feels like it's like sheds are going to be on the ground. Um, field edge that turns into timber. If there's like any, any strip there or any, um, like quarter acre, um, not even, not even that big of, of like warm season grasses that are exposed to sun. I expect deer to be bedding there. Check mm-hmm. those spots. Yep. Um, uh, obviously, um, like a, a hillside with sparse, um, cedars is going to be really good. Um, we find a lot of sheds in those areas, not, not super thick. We're not finding them like with zero, uh, um, zero sun, uh, underneath the cedars deer just don't want to bed there. So right. definitely hit the, hit the warm spots. Um, I would say if you're public land hunting, I mean, go like go Thursday, Friday, um, before the weekend warriors get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I try to think about where we found them on the 80. Um, the first year, not really knowing the property. It really hasn't changed a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, we might get a little bit more like in, in our food source, but, yep. um, 
if I'm going to if I'm going to a public land area, um, I would recommend walking it when during the month of February when there is fresh snow, not in the hopes of finding sheds, but then being able to go back there in three or four weeks and knowing where the heavy activity was yeah. and, and look for those spots. Finding those beds in the snow mm-hmm. is like way yep. easier. Yeah. Because you yeah. see those burned out areas. We did that like, I don't know, February 18th or something yeah. last year. And we came back with no snow on the ground, but we knew those heavy, mm-hmm. like the heavy hillsides where, where we should check yep. and stuff like that. That's, I would yep. say that's a hot tip. Yep. Um, what was I going to say? Um, we don't find like, I feel like it's almost like, um, you'll find them in like big timbered areas, but I feel like those aren't as good as like little, like, like grassy field edges or like inside corners where it's just like, Hey, like the field stops and then it, it you've got 20 yards of grass before the timber. Like that, that is an area that buffer zone is an area that I'd be really mm-hmm. excited to check out. Um, I feel like, I mean, I feel like the bedroom is where we find them. Like, so whenever, like if I'm walking a piece of public and up 30 yards, I bump four deer out of an area, I'm going to check that spot. I'm like really listening when I'm walking public ground, because if, if I'm bumping deer out of beds, that's where I want to be checking. Um, if you have, yeah, if, if private land food sources can obviously be better. Um, but, uh, not to say you won't find sheds in public land food, but I just feel like, I feel like, I don't know the bed, the fine, finding their good beds is, is where you're going to be stacking the antlers on public for sure. Yeah. We, I wouldn't say we found like, we've had like tremendous success walking, like super, like super obvious trails. Um, I feel like they're almost more so on. Um, I don't know if this is because they're getting picked or whatnot, but they're like maybe on like a side side trail, nothing like yeah. not the main shoot. So yep. that's definitely something I would say too. Yep. Work with the light. Um, we usually try to go on overcast days, but I mean, whatever. I, I feel like if you can get rid of glare, that's going to help you out. Um, I when every hundred yards, I'll stop and look behind me just to get a different view of things, and then also just wearing binos, which I think we talked about in the last time. Those are a couple of things that'll put the odds in your favor. Um, yeah, I would say we've also found probably our most mature sheds um, on higher points because bucks mm-hmm. like to have have good vision. So mm-hmm. um, if it's a if you're on the top of a hillside, um, if you're on the top, like yeah, on the top of a hill that slants down towards the bottom. I would recommend like walking definitely like that top third of the hill. Yeah. Um, I found a lot of sheds on like in that area. Yeah. Um, bucks like having some good vision, like when in a good bedding spot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that's about it. I mean, places on our 80, like it, we have the ability to manage the timber obviously. So we have a few like scattered cedar areas, like scattered cedars with thick, warm grasses in it that gets me pumped up to find sheds, but it is kind of hard because a lot of landowners will let that go into big cedar thickets. I've walked some Nebraska public. That's just a joke because it's just cedar thicket and there's nothing living at the, uh, on the ground level. Um, and it's like that, that's, I'm not gonna waste my time. I'm, I, I ain't going through those cedars. You might find some rubs in there every once in a while, but I'm not, they're not hanging out there. Yeah. Like if um, there's a trail coming in and out, maybe yeah, check that. And yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all we got. And then at the end of the day, you got to put in some miles. Like if you actually want to scoop some sheds, you need to take these things we're, we're talking about. Um, and then just get your boots on and cover some, cover some ground. Cause I mean, they're not laying everywhere. They're, they're few and far between. So 
kind of got to put some time in to reap the benefits. But I think that's all we got for this podcast. Um, stay tuned. We are going to be dropping these consistently every Thursday. Keep it, keep us to it. If, if there's a Thursday that we don't drop a podcast, you need to be in our DMS pissed off. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be dropping every Thursday. We're going to be having guests on. We'd like to have at least one guest on per month. So if you want certain guests, message us on identical draw or shoot us email info at identical If somebody would be interested that interesting that you'd like to have us on, um, or have, have on the podcast, anything like that. Um, we want to hear your questions or, or topics that you want to, um, cover. Um, we're going to have more specific, um, topic ideas besides just giving you guys the updates kind of like we did today, um, where we can kind of do deep dives and do, uh, whether it's our archery setup or it's our, uh, like our public land, like what we're scouting before we go hunting somewhere or, um, how we're calling in big, big turkeys or decoys or that never happens, but, um, something like that. So, yeah, I think that that'll wrap it up. All right. Thanks everybody for listening.